Coaches in the game, huh? We really ain't playing. We regroup up in the Slack chat where the coaches debrief. We be piecing these puzzles, occupy the chunk of the pie. Ain't no lie when we hit the block, helmets casket is top. You be seeing helmet after helmet, helmet after helmet. First place, second place, fifth place, eighth place, twelfth place, fifteen, sixteen, twenty. So many helmets, you got blurred vision, we got too many. Get the tech. Oh man. They got us fucked up. Army, regroup. We pledge always to have that edge. We don't fire warning shots. Competition just dropped. We locked and loaded before lock. Whatever the time, yeah. Do you even correlate? Being the best requires a willingness to outwork your competition. There's always someone smarter, faster, sharper. More naturally gifted. To come around. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Geeks Vegas Lines DFS and betting angles breakdown. This is for NFL Week Four. We're presented by DFS Army, of course, as always, and Sports Bet Army, where you can get all the daily fantasy sports and sports gambling advice that you need to crush. Level the playing field. Sign up at dfsarmy.com as a VIP. You get access to all of our tools, the optimizer, the projections, uh, the chat, all the great stuff that has caused us to constantly crush every single week, FanDuel and DraftKings. And, of course, sportsbetarmy.com, where you can actually get John's picks, advice, power, power rankings, betting models from our team of pros. College football has been crushing. Just really great tennis. John, you're doing tennis now? Yeah, I mean, if you're bored, we got uh, we got tennis going on French Open. So, I mean, these these matches start at like five a.m. We got the everyone's going nuts because we've been uh, we've been doing really well. So everyone's excited to get up early and watch uh, some tennis from France. The tennis record has been spectacular. So, like, really impressive, great stuff. And printing cash over there at Sportsbet Army, guys, you got to go check it out. If you're a DFS Army current VIP subscriber, make sure you DM one of us in uh, DFS Army Slack. There's a special discount. For DFS Army subscribers, um, you got to check this out. We also crushed our uh, debate bets last night. You know, it's not a regular thing, but we crushed it. I, I passed mean, on that. I did not. Uh, I didn't even have a chance to, to watch it yet. I just read the highlights. The one place I got burned, the one bet it felt like a lock for me was Trump says Sleepy Joe. How do you not say Sleepy Joe? That's really a shocking. And that was a big favorite, right? That was like a minus 300. Yeah, that would seem like the lock of the night. I was like, man, this got me. But yeah, a lot yeah. of the others, my, my favorite bet of the night was was um, Biden walks out with no mask. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm uh, I might be glad I didn't watch it. It, was, it wasn't. Uh, oh, it's, it, it's it's pretty sad. If you I'll, didn't I'll have leave it at that, if you didn't have bets on that. And you watched yeah. it anyway. You did not come out with a happy uh, feeling. Uh, that was just a brutal. Just, you know, turn it off halfway through and, and put on Netflix. There's something better on. Uh, but it's, with betting uh, on it, it's yeah. fine. Yeah, no. Well, listen, betting makes everything more fun, right? That's why we do it. This is what we do, guys. Add action and, and excitement to everything. I don't care what it is. That's the beauty of Sportsman Army. I really love it because you want action. There is action there today. You might think there's no games. 
there is a game going on and there's action going on on Sportsbet Army and DFS Army if you're, you're into fantasy action. There's always something happening. NASCAR and just so much stuff going on. Um, now, we are uh, on that note, we are sponsored by No House Advantage, which is a props for cash daily fantasy sports hybrid game. Uh, it's really good stuff. You pick a bunch of uh, props, take a side. We'll, we'll, you know, will DK Metcalf score a touchdown this week? Yes or no? Will, uh, you know, will, I probably should have prepared this, but, you know, will Derrick Henry rush for uh, over or under 74 yards this week? Those type of things. You rank them based on your most confident to your least. You get scored. If you do well, you win cash. It's a really great game. It's new. If you go to nohouseadvantage.com and use promo code ARMY when you sign up, they will give you a $20 match on your initial deposit, which you could play for props games. And it's just another way of doing daily fantasy. It's really shark-free, and it's a really great format. So um, check them out, nohouseadvantage.com. Now, what we do here on the Geeks Vegas Line show is we break down all the games of the week from a daily fantasy football and betting angles perspective. And we normally we start, John, by picking out a core four games to really dive into deep. And those are usually the exciting daily fantasy games of the week, the high total games. This week, we have an unprecedented, I think it's seven games with totals over 50 fan, uh, over fifty points. Not fantasy points, over 50 actual points. Has this ever happened? This many high total games on, in, on one slate? I, especially the Sunday only, not even counting Monday yeah. night or Sunday night? Uh, off the top of my head, I mean, I don't know if that's if that's a record, but I would, I would venture to guess that's the most we've ever had. It's most I could really recall seeing. I have never seen anything like it, and it's super exciting for daily fantasy purposes because most weeks, there, like last week, there were two games that just stood out above all others. And, you know, for the beautiful fact that it worked and it won you the million if you stacked up the Seattle-Dallas uh, game like we said to, but um, and it worked, great. But there was only one game and everybody stacked it, so you really need it to be unique. This week, we have six or seven. I mean, let me count them up. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven games on the main slate with totals over 50 points. Unheard of. And so we are expanding our core four section to a core seven section, and we will look into every one of those games in depth from a betting angles and daily fantasy perspective, and then we'll do a lightning round where we where we take a look at some of these other games who we're mostly going to ignore this week for fantasy purposes because there are seven games with 50-point totals. There's absolutely no reason to mess with the other ones. So, without further ado, here is the core four. That's right. Dude, we just so, leveled up that technology. So professional, man. Ah, technological level up. Right there. Now, first game on the docket. We've got the Saints going to Detroit to take on the Lions in a game with a 54-point total. Now, the the interesting angles for me on this game, John, Alvin Kamara has been borderline a cheat code without Michael Thomas in there. You see it in the way that they're running the Saints offense. They are throwing to Kamara at a higher pace 
than ever before. He's more involved in the offense. They're not taking him out like they used to um, as much to bring in Kamara. He's got 14 targets uh, last week. 13. I mean, it's unheard of for a running back. 139 yards through the air. The week before that, nine targets, 95 yards through the air. So what we are seeing here with Kamara sans Michael Thomas is something very, very special and something we can really rely on for production. That's pretty yeah. much the whole Saints offense. The, it is, and and we've talked about this before with Drew Brees. He has just not been the guy, even in these high total games, he's not the guy that you want at the quarterback. So this is an interesting situation where we might, you know, if Thomas is out, uh, there might not be a lot of good options. Cook is also hurt as well at the tight end spot, so that even gives more value to uh, Kamara. Um, interesting here where if you're going to stack the Detroit side or the stack or stack the game, you might take a Stafford with uh, one of those top two wide receivers, possibly the tight end, and then actually come back with Kamara. That that would be the move. That's how I would do it as well. I, I you know with with seven games to pick from, even though Breeze's salary down a little bit, he has not shown thirty plus point upside probably for a couple of years now. Um, yeah. As far as his quarterback play. Even in that monster game, he didn't get there. Um, Drew Brees is just not getting there at all. So the thing is, this this is one of the best matchups he'll ever have to throw for some big yardage. But we, I, I just don't know if we could trust him. I mean, in, in mass entering, you're going to want to have a few, maybe, but uh, certainly not if you're single entry, uh, three max, twenty max, something like that. You're probably not going to want to use any of Drew no. Brees. I, uh, he's not the quarterback to focus on because, again, his pass catching options are limited. And it's just as likely for Kamara to run one in or for Lats Murray to steal one and, and Taysom Hill. What up, Taysom? And, and you know, come in and, that, and steal one. That That's actually a great point, too, because they get inside the five-yard line. All of a sudden, Hill is in the game, and it kills a lot of the cheap touchdowns that Breeze might be able to throw for. So Breeze is limited to really longer touchdowns. Um, he's not throwing anything deep. And they don't have a deep threat yeah, they wide don't have receiver a deep, on the and team. He, no and one. he doesn't have the ability to throw it deep. So yeah. the only big passing plays that they generally have are short passes to Kamara, like you saw the other night with that crazy run that he had. So, you know, I, I don't remember what the stats were, but Kamara had how much yard, just in receiving. He had he had pretty much all of Jabrice's yards. He he, uh, he, went, <laughs> he went crazy. Um, again, 14 receptions. Where This was an incredible game for, for Alvin Kamara. 14 receptions, 13, uh, I'm sorry, 14 targets, 13 receptions, 139 yards, two receiving touchdowns. So while that worked out for Breeze because there were two receiving touchdowns, man, what if those two receiving touchdowns turn into one receiving and one rushing touchdown or or, or two rushing touchdowns? It, it tanks Breeze. I'm not touching him here. He's not on my I need to play him list. Now let's look at the other side of this one, though. So, you know, Matt Stafford also not having – um. Uh, the type of a season so far as of yet where, you know, he's putting up these even he hasn't even hit the 20 point mark so far, but he does get all of his weapons back. This is a matchup that does favor the pass. They don't do much in the running game in Detroit there. It's not like they're doing a whole lot. And what I like about this one, John, is the Saints defense is very good against the run. Like that's what their specialty is. So. If you're going to score against them, that's why the opponents for the Saints have done so well this season and from a fantasy scoring perspective. If you're going to score against the Saints, it's usually via the pass, and that tends to favor 
Matt Stafford's situation. Yeah, no, I was going to bring that up as well uh, before you did the the running game. Generally, I mean, we don't we don't generally like the Detroit running game anyway. In this matchup, it's just unplayable. But from a receiving standpoint, yeah, that's where you're going to get the points here is from the D- Detroit passing game. Um, Saints defense maybe not quite as good as they were last year so far early in the season. Still don't want to target them against the run. Um, so yeah, you've got you know the the. The usual candidates on the uh, on the Detroit side, but Stafford's in play here. Galladay, Jones, Hawkinson, uh, those are the guys we we need to look at. And like I said, you're limited on what you could come back with. So sometimes these are these are good games because there's not a lot of options. If you throw Breeze out, you throw the wide receivers out, you throw the tight end out, you're left with Kamara in a high scoring game, um, and then you've got just your choices you need to make on the other side of the ball. Absolutely. And and for me, um, Stafford is, if I'm using him, he's a stack with two and I'm, I'm bringing it back with Kamara. That, that's that's how I'm, I'm using him. So I, I need to make sure he doesn't do enough where he'll get there without two of his pass catchers also having explosive games. So he's a stack with two guy for me. It could be Hawk. It could be Galladay. It could be um, Marvin Jones Jr. But it's got to be two of them with him and then ideally I'm going to bring it back with Kamara just to play the whole narrative of the high scoring affair. Uh, that's the, that's the way I would play this one. Any ba- betting angles here of interest? I yeah. mean you've got I mean you've got the Saints minus four. They're on the road. We don't care about road teams anymore, I guess. But like maybe I do. Yeah, that road. The, obviously, the road, uh, the home road, not quite as important these days with the uh, with the lack of fans. Uh, the number seems it, it seems a little low. I think. Um, which is which is always scary. That seems like a seems like a game people you know people are going to value the Saints a lot more than they value Detroit. Detroit just you know I don't I, they're just they're just fairly uh, a fairly messy team. Um, but I think I'm kind of leaning on the under to be honest with you in this game. Um, I know it's one of the games that you know we're targeting because of the high total. I wouldn't be shocked here just because of the the injuries on the on the uh, Saints side. And um, and the fact that the Saint defense is not uh, is not terrible here that they keep this game. You know, I'm not I'm I'm not looking for a game in the teens, but um, something uh, you know something in the 40s here. I, I think this could be a, a decent under. If you're a believer in trends, last week's Arizona Detroit game played to the under. It did. Yeah, that game was uh, that was interesting. Uh, that was that was one of the, that was a good game to knock out a lot of people in the. Uh, in survivor pools, a lot of people liked Arizona the way they were looking. So Detroit's, Detroit's just one of those teams. I mean, you just never know what you're going to get. Um, you know, Saints coming off of uh, that Green Bay game. You know, a lot of people are going to look for a bounce back here from the Saints. So, and I think with the number with the four on that game, I think you're going to see a lot of action on the Saints side. I like it. All right, let's move on to game number two in our core seven group of games. Like that transition, I can't. I can't get. I don't know if I should be doing that between every game, but I just like it. All right, Arizona, the aforementioned minus three and a half point favorites on the road at Carolina. I love this game, fifty-two and a half point total. John, this was the game that got my eyes like really wide um, this week because 
Neither team has any sort of a defense. They don't really care about it at all. Uh, offensively, both teams have explosive players that can score. And and very interestingly, the reason – one of the first things I look at every week is the wide receiver position. I go, who looks good? And, you know, the ones who stood out to me the most, the ones who projected, like, the most undervalued on DraftKings and FanDuel in terms of the salary relative to what they can deliver were – the wide receivers for the Panthers, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, seemed like very underpriced relative to what we're projecting here. So I love this game, man. What do you think? Uh, I agree with that assessment as far as the uh, the Carolina wide receivers. I think you're getting uh, pretty good prices here. So when you're when you're looking at the uh, you know the point per or the uh, the point per dollar, I think the Carolina side of the ball is where you have to look, but. Obviously, the premier guy right now, I think, is Hopkins. Um, for, for me, I think he's, oh, yeah. he's going to be the premier. He's the premier guy in all of football. Certainly no reason to not like him in this game. Um, where they got him priced at? 8, he's 8500 He His yeah. price has climbed to the point. And what I wrote on my note, and I already did my DeAndre Hopkins note, was like his price has climbed to the point where it's starting to be prohibitive because if I get the same beautiful – 23 point fantasy score from DeAndre Hopkins that he's been delivering every week. I'm not sure that pays off his salary. Like I, I'm just not sure it's enough, but yeah, if I can get him, you, you know, what's interesting. The last time he was uh, 8,500 was, uh, was week 16 last, last year against Tampa. And it was his worst, I believe it was, yeah, it was his worst week of the year. Um, so that was interesting. He, he pretty much got shut down five, five receptions for 23 yards, no touches against uh, Tampa that and that was a similar situation as you know Tampa and we still kind of like to target against Tampa but um you know a game where obviously he was with Houston last year a game that we were targeting and that high price point um it bit everybody but I mean since then he, he he's gonna get you know obviously in cash games he's the type of guy he's got such a high floor um that he's always a play he's he's, he's always a possibility I could see um, he'll be just because of that price going to be a little less owned here in, um, in the, in the GPPs. So still love the option. I still love that play. Um, when I do my, when I figure out my percentages, as far as uh, likelihood to get that 60 points in a stack, I'm sure they're going to be, uh, they're going to be pretty high. So how did they do last week? It was, uh, 26, uh, like 27 points from, from Hopkins and Murray was, well, I think they got the 30, uh, the 60, right? Um, they did. I'm barely. not sure. Yeah, uh, 26.7 from Hopkins and Kyler got us 61 and change. Yeah. No, 20, no, 24.7 for Murray and 26.7 from Hopkins was just under, it was under 60. It was like 55 and a half. So almost 56. Hold on. It was 24.7 and 26.7 and 26.7. Yeah. That would, that would be over, right? No, no, no. That's, that's under. That's 50. Yeah. That's no, that's 50. 50. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, over so they 50. Came under. Yeah. So uh, no, so they it, did come under there. They and they were the highest uh, projected to. Uh, I mean, they were close. That, in, in, yeah. In fairness, it was really close. So I mean, what is it, fifty three? I mean, it was it was really close. Yeah, yeah. But here's the deal: when you pay up at wide receiver for this guy, if there are other exciting, and this is what we're going to find on the slate, and you're going to see this too as we break this all down, there are so many sexy options that it's going to be difficult to blow um, eighty five hundred on one player on, on DraftKings in particular, when, you know, there are a lot of five and six K wide receivers who I think can deliver 25 to 30 fantasy points. And that's who I want in my tournament uh, lineup. Hopkins, 
lock in 25 for cash, I might do that in a cash payup scenario. Um, but when you do that, you're also sacrificing Kamara. There's no having both of them together. So you're going to have to make that. There's decisions to be made that are going to be hard decisions. Hey, man, the shit wasn't easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. The one, the um, one thing I like about Hopkins, though, is I feel like he is now the guy there. I mean, obviously he's the guy, but that there's less options. I mean, I, I love these situations like with New Orleans where we feel like there's one really good option. I think there's one option here with Arizona. Um, and then Drake as well. So you, you could be, we could be looking at running back here as well. Um, oh, both, Drake, both Drake, is, Drake is going to be hard to pull the trigger on, but maybe that's the best situation for tournaments. When, when it starts to be really hard to pull that trigger, they're I, clearly not throwing to him that much. And, and just Kyler's in there taking the tutties, man. It's just taking it is, that, that is a problem, but, uh, you know, you could run on Carolina. I know. Um, so that, that could be, um, I, I think Drake, I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump off of Drake just yet. Um, I think, this could be the week where we see uh, Drake as the as the uh, the play. I know he's Man, been, you know you could run on Detroit. Here. I mean, you can run on Detroit know, too. I he know. hasn't gotten there. So yeah, we have to keep. Uh, but let's stay off of that on cash. You know, that's going to be more of a tournament low ownership situation for sure. Now on the flip side of this game, dude, Mike Davis, big game, bad matchup last week. Eight nine targets. I don't even care about the carries. Nine targets. Eight receptions at the Chargers. Now the Chargers are a team that do funnel this sort of th- this type of play. The Chargers drop; they don't blitz, so they're going to drop uh, safety back into coverage every single play. They they generate pressure. They've got a great um, defensive line that can generate pressure without needing to blitz. And what that leads to, if you, is basically a, a run funnel, especially a throw to the running back. Uh, approach which we saw from the Panthers as they went on to beat the Chargers last week and again nine targets for Mike Davis but he's the workhorse dude and this Arizona team it just sets up well for a big day for Mike Davis straight up he's going to be one of my favorites on the week I, I I just don't see why we wouldn't be very excited to play him here no nah, I mean it looks like he's in a, a fantastic matchup but as you said so I think the only thing that we might get lucky on is the fact that he was so um, so talked about last week, and uh, perhaps maybe uh, some people will come off him a little bit um, this week. Even I mean, he had a good week, but it wasn't. Uh, yeah, he was great last week. You know, he crushed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, he was great. I mean, the only reason you might get off it is to get cute and be like, oh, everybody's getting on. Everybody's going to be on. Plus, it, but uh, yeah, plus we'll, it's hard to pay up for a guy that you're used to seeing cheap. But he jack- he's up to what fifty seven hundred now fifty seven so yeah. yeah and again again and, and, a great week week one twenty three and a half fantasy points uh, not week one his first week out his, there his first yeah, yeah his first week starting um yeah I mean again the worry there was that they were going to maybe use some uh, you know that he wasn't going to get the the workload and obviously no one's going to get the same workload that uh, that McCaffrey gets but still at that price against this defense. Could be money. And, yeah, it and, feels and the wide receivers. So you've got a lot of options. I hate that when we have a lot of options, but we can play. A, we can play because all these wide receivers are close on the Carolina side. Um, it's it's more. It's Robbie Anderson and it's Davis. And I, my my guess would be two two out of the three will do great. Maybe one will disappoint. It's possible all three do great. So basically, this is a game because of the prices outside of uh, Hopkins, where we can play multiple players in this game. Um, you know, Hopkins obviously is going to be a little prohibitive in, in your uh, in your lineups, but there's a 
I mean, would you would you be okay playing a, a wide receiver from Carolina with Davis and coming back with? Uh, I mean, you, you still could come back with Hopkins. I think the craziest approach and the more interesting tournament approach is going to be throwing Teddy KGB in there at the quarterback position. You can pair him with even Mike Davis because he's doing most of his damage via the pass. You throw DJ Moore in there, who has been the disappointing player compared to like the the the, the cute player in Robbie Anderson. I think DJ Moore remains the better wide receiver. So you throw Moore in there. And now, because I started with such a cheap starting stack of Bridgewater uh, Moore instead of going um, Kyler Murray, now I can afford DeAndre Hopkins into my lineup without destroying it. So rather than play the Murray angle here, there's definite interest for me in playing the um, Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback angle, although I will be doing a lot of both because Kyler Murray can make it happen with his legs as well. So... All of that, Davis, Hopkins, Moore, Anderson, Kyler, all awesome plays for me on this game. Any, any betting angles to, to look at here? Like, what are we what are we thinking here from this total? Uh, or maybe maybe the spread, you know, being being, I mean, it's hard to minus three and a half. That's it. You know what I mean? Arizona, I thought they were good. I thought Carolina stinks, but yet here here we are. Yeah, three and a half again. I mean, it, it looks low. Um, that looks like a game. I'm, I'm going to want to see how this progresses throughout the week and see which way the line moves. Something, something I do. Uh, uh, sometimes you you want to see, especially when that number is right around the the uh, that key number of three. So it's sitting there at three and a half, which usually when a game is sitting above that hook, it's it, or they're giving you the hook on that game. Um, it's a little, it's it's enticing to take the underdog because you're getting that extra half a point. In this game, though, I think the, the public's going to be on Arizona. I don't, I don't think there's a lot of confidence in Carolina. Um, but I think maybe you're getting a little value here because Arizona coming off that bad performance last week. I do like Arizona um, in this game. However, uh, the 52 and a half, I, I, I tend to think that's going to, uh, this looks like a game that, that could go over. All right, here we go. Next up. Cleveland at Dallas. Dallas is coming in at home at four and a half point favorites with a total of 55 and a half points, John. And, and right off the bat, this line stands out to me too, man. I looked at it and I'm thinking Cleveland kind of sucks this year. Dallas is, is good offensively, even if it hasn't necessarily um, been complete games from this offense plus defense. They've been playing some of the best offensive teams in the league. And so the games have been close and high scoring, but what is going on here, man? They're only four and a half point favorites at home against Cleveland. Yeah, this this I mean, it just looks like a sucker line. Uh, these first three games, honestly, look a little a little suckerish. Like they what's happening? I mean, on these uh, on here? these games, yeah, Dallas at home, um, four and a half Cleveland. I mean, Dallas offensively. I mean, and then obviously this is a high total. Um, Dallas has been. We we were going over it. How many fifty point games there were this year? And I think Dallas is two has been two. Or, at least two of them. They could have been uh, all of them. Uh, they might have been all three. Yeah, I think uh, all three weeks they were 50-point. Uh, they had a 50-point total in their games, and they've gone over on two of them. Yeah, because the Ram game, they they were uh, a 50-point total as well, and that yeah, game was disappointed. kind of um, so, But you're talking about Dallas was the, the number one offense yardage-wise last year, and they haven't really slowed down at all. Are, so, are, are they overvaluing or undervaluing Dallas's defense here based on the fact, I mean, they played Seattle and Atlanta. Those are two of the most explosive offenses in the entire National Football League. And so it makes the Dallas defense maybe look more terrible than it is 
because to me, Cleveland's offense is very mediocre, maybe on the bad side, especially if they fall behind and they're not able to sort of just control a game with the run like I don't think they'll be able to do here. So is there a misjudgment here on how bad Dallas is defensively? It's possible. Um, I mean, I have this game at 53 on a total, but I have the line. I have the line that should be uh, a lot higher. Where do I have this line at? Um, I have this line at a touchdown, which I think you would have looked at as, okay, that sounds about right. Like Dallas, a touchdown yeah, favorite here. That's what it should um, be. Yeah, which is what scares me when I, when I see the four and a half, right? Um, because it just looks like seven looks like the number and everyone is going to jump on Dallas here at the four and a half. And I hate those. Uh, it just looks like, they're kind of trapping you into that bet. 55 and a half, I think, is a little high for the reason, um, you know, Dallas defense not great, but I think that Cleveland offense is just, I mean, they're struggling to put points up. I, I've got it. When you look at my, uh, when you look at the rankings, I mean, I don't have Cleveland putting up a whole lot of yardage on the passing side of this game. Um, they, they just haven't, haven't done it, and they're, they and they're not using it. They're not trying to throw all that that much here. Baker's just, you know, is Baker's a fade. Um OBJ's been a you know these guys on the on the passing side of the ball have just been a fade. Um, I, I would say the only you know so it's an interesting game where it's is this the highest fifty five and a half is that the highest one of the day? It, it's the highest on the slate. Yeah, highest on the slate, and I don't know if I like uh, one side of this game from a from a stacking. You know, I don't I don't like one of these teams. So it's interesting. We've got two situations. You have got the New Orleans situation where we love the running back, don't necessarily love any of the pass catchers. Um, I'm sort of in that same boat. Don't love. Uh, Chubb nearly as much as Kamara, of course, but um, I don't love the I don't love the pass catching side of the uh, Cleveland game. On the Dallas side, I mean, it's it, it, they're just they're just clicking offensively. I mean, uh, Dak is continuing where he was last year. Um, from a fantasy standpoint, you got to love what they're doing. Uh, you know, Dak's throwing four. You know, I mean, he's just putting up four hundred yards every time they get out there against these teams. Now, granted, they were when in they need situations. it. Yeah, yeah that's, when that's when it. they need it, they I'm needed not- it. I'm not 100% convinced in this game right. that it's going to be a needed situation because, again, the, the offensive explosions from the Cowboys have been against the best opposing offenses that they're going to face. Again, it doesn't get much better than Seattle. It doesn't – I mean, it, uh, it's KC, but it's right there. Seattle's up there as the best offense in the league. Uh, you've got Atlanta who, while they lose every game, they score a lot of points on the way to those losses – uh, one of the most baffling teams for me that I've ever seen over the last two years. And so those were great offensive teams. Now we're talking again about a Cleveland team who's been less than inspirational offensively. The only thing they really have done well is run the football. And you're, you're not like going to be able to run the football down 14 in the second quarter to Dallas. You're going to have to throw it and you're going to have to complete a pass to Odell. You're going to have to complete a pass to Jarvis Landry. Um, Austin Hooper, is he hurt now? I don't know what his deal is, but uh, we can't trust Hooper at this point. So is he hurt? He might be. No, he's maybe he's fine. Yeah, no, he's fine. He just sucks so far this season. So I don't know, man. I think this is a play to the under game, and I, I could see a lot of running slowing down the game. I could see Dallas maybe shifting back to a Zeke-heavy uh, game plan here and just sort of running it out, getting one of those 24 to 20 wins and we're all like hey why the fuck was that a 55 and a half point total and how did we not bet the under i can say i could definitely see this game on the under side because you're coming off those two games that you mentioned the seattle and the atlanta game uh for dallas games in which they absolutely had to just throw the ball to get back in those games could have won uh both of them in dramatic fashion 
Um, the Cleveland offense just, like I said, not inspiring. And it's been it's been two years now. Uh, well, it's a little over uh, a year, I should say, with uh, with Mayfield. I, I I mean, if they're going to do something, you can score on this Dallas on this okay. Dallas defense. Uh, but I'm not I'm not banking on that here. Um, so yeah, I think Zeke is Zeke's the the play because if the game goes as uh, it should, then we should see a lot of Zeke. We haven't really seen them uh, just kind of pounding Zeke for a game, and th- that could be this could be that type of a game. I think it can go one of two ways, and and it's a beautiful thing that we have a week where we can pick and choose these juicy, juicy, you know, fifty five point total games. Listen, we're not that much smarter than Vegas. In the end of the day. If they're saying it's gonna, it, it's got a good chance to go fifty-five and a half. It does have a good chance to go fifty-five and a half. We, we are trust me, we're not outsmarting them by more than like five to eight percent of the time, at best. So, um, if they're saying that, it's got a shot. And for that reason, you know, yeah, we could take a few Mayfield stack, crazy stacks with Odell and Jarvis Landry, sure. And this could be that game where Mayfield has a good game. Everybody's got it in. These are National Football League players. And it's not like Baker is not a guy who can put up 30. It's happened before. But, you know, do I want to build my entire strategy for the week around that? No. Um, So that's kind of how this goes. All right. Next in the core four. Next game. Vikings travel to Houston to take on the Texans. Texans are four-point favorites, 54-point total. Another sexy, sexy total. Now, John, does anything stand out about these lines to you that uh, make you want to jump on a bet real quick? I think the the totals are actually standing out for me. The, I, I just think they're they're inflated um, just because of how, how high the scores have been so far early in the year. I think they're jacking these, these totals. I think we're going to make... Uh, I, I think blindly betting the unders this week will wind up being profitable. And, and this is another game, you know, because when we look at it as DFS players, sometimes we be, we can become better um, handicappers as well. A lot of these games is like one side. There's one side of the game where you're, you're kind of questioning how is, how are they involved in a 54 point game, a 54 point total, and, and how do they get there? Yeah, I mean, you know, in Minnesota, they've run been heavy involved team. In, yeah, run. They'd like to be. Um, you know, they finally got Cook more involved. Uh, last week, you know, people were kind of waiting for for uh, Cook to do what what he can do. Um, you know, this is an interesting. These these are two teams that can, can can throw a stinker up there offensively any week. I had this game at fifty on the total. Um, I actually have Minnesota as a. I understand why Houston's a, a favorite, but I don't know. Four point favorite seems like a seems like a lot in this in uh, in this game. This, these two teams seem a lot closer than uh, than four points. I mean, you, you just looked at that other game. Is Dallas? Dallas seems a lot better uh, in a lot better situation against Cleveland than Houston does here against Minnesota. Minnesota has been epically bad in the secondary. Like, here's what we need to do, John. We gotta adjust our mind space from the from the Vikings defense of yesteryear that was very good overall and certainly very very good against the pass. Um, that has not been the case. Let's let's not forget what's happened in, in all Vikings games. We started with the Aaron Rodgers point explosion in week one, right? That was that was this team. Then then I'm trying I need to go bring up their defense to see who the hell they played, but I have researched this and trust me, they've been getting their ass kicked week after week. In week two, it was um the Colts who just put 28 up on them real easy, no problems. 
And then, of course, another offensive explosion from the Titans last week. A lot of that in the running game. But, um, you know, the Packers put up crazy numbers via the Pack. They've just been bad. They've just been bad. So Minnesota, maybe not the defense that we remember them to be. The issue for me is a lot more on the ability of Minnesota of the Vikings to score quickly that I'm concerned with in terms of the game total because they're definitely not an explosive offense. They don't have Stefan Diggs. They don't have anybody like that um, that can stretch the field and put up points in a hurry. Adam Thielen's a great player. He's 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 not Tyreek Hill and he's not Stefan Diggs. He's a possession receiver. He's not explosive play guy. And Dalvin Cook is a slow and steady, you know, running back. Not to say that he's not an explosive running back, but you know, anytime you're pushing your offense to the running back position, you know, it's five yards, three yards, the first down. It's not two plays, touchdown, other team scores. We need to score again that we want for our fantasy scoring purposes. Um Houston, on the other hand, I like everything from Houston in this game. I think Deshaun Watson stands out as the best quarterback play uh, on a points-per-dollar basis on the slate. And, I mean, Will Fuller, Dalvin Cook, uh, not Dalvin Cook, uh, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, and my favorite maybe of them all, the very hated, often, you know, ripped on, forgotten called washed up david johnson full workload running back in an elite matchup a guy who's going to be getting all of the touches for his team i'm pretty sure that the duke is injured i need to see if if that injury is going to last another week but what do you think about david johnson here man he's not a guy i normally like to play but in this spot i like him yeah, you stole a little bit of my thunder because I was going to say, with this high total again, I I like both running backs in this game more than anything else, uh, more so than than I mean, Watson's definitely in play here, um, but I would not be shocked here if uh, if both running backs do well. I don't typically like to play two running backs in the same game, so I might just pick uh, the, you know the, I might not have them uh, a whole bunch in uh, when I'm mass entering together, but I could see either or. Being the uh, being the play right here, and I and I do like David Johnson here. You can you could run on Minnesota, uh, you know. As you talked about, yeah, this is not the same Minnesota defense that, that it has been. The thing about Houston is they played three pretty good defenses so far this year. So th- there's a chance here that we're just kind of we're we're not that we're that we have not seen the Houston offense click as it might against a Minnesota team that's really given up a bunch of uh, a bunch of points here in the first three weeks of the season to uh, to everyone that they played. Houston played uh, Kansas City, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. It's it's a murderous. This is, this is what I wait for, John. I wait for these situations, guys. And I want everybody listening at home. This is the ultimate thing I look for every single week. Uh, we, we start to – we forget that we haven't played DeAndre, uh, that Deshaun Watson any of the weeks because his matchups were terrible. And then we look at the – the box scores and we look at the game logs and we're like, well, he hasn't been doing that much. Well, yeah, we haven't been playing him. His matchups are a murderer's row of pass defenses, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Kansas city. Oh, Kansas city. They're very good against the pass. So 
look what they just did to Lamar Jackson. They are they are a surprisingly good pass defense over in Kansas City. So teams that are coming off of that, their logs all look diminished. Their salaries on FanDuel and DraftKings all diminished. This is the recency bias. We need to fight recency bias with all of our might. There's nothing more critical in DFS than fighting it. And John, I need you to explain this to me because there's sometimes it's recency bias and then sometimes that player just sucks, you know, that year. You know what I mean? That's right. the hard thing to figure out. That's the part that's hard. It, 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 it is. You've got to go back kind of and look in situations like this. I want, I want to look at what, what people thought before the Wait, season. I, I've got a, I've got some, I've got an analyst from Minnesota in the, in the chat. He's saying they will be the worst pass defense in the league by the time all is said and done. That is a local man, Alex Kangas, that, giving us that, the inside info. That is a uh, that, well, that's a bold statement. He is a hockey they... playing, you know, ice fishing, uh, sitting in a tent all day in a fucking ice thing, freezing your ass off with with the fishing rod in a lake guy. Okay, goes from from the northern reaches of Minnesota. That's real. I talked to someone from Minnesota one time. They were talking about uh, couldn't wait to watch the hockey game that night, talking about hockey for a while. And then finally, you know, I, I assumed it was the NHL. They were talking about watching like college hockey, Minnesota yeah, or, Gophers. They're actually they're watching college hockey out there. These guys are, you know, hunting animals and shit and eating deer. Okay, that's real America right there. Not like where you and I come from. Well, no. There's not Don't a lot even of wild, start. Yeah, not a lot of wildlife. There's a lot of wildlife in Brooklyn, but it's a different yeah. kind of wildlife. Yeah, it's different. You're not allowed to shoot that wildlife. No, don't shoot. No. Just just observe from a distance. So there we go. That's 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 salt of the earth. Gopher. The gopher. Everybody's got a local team called the gopher. So, yes, very bad um, defensive team that we don't think of as a bad defensive team, but I want to get back to my point of the recency, but I wait for these situations, teams that are coming off a murderer's row of opponents. Now it eases up. Let's see if the logs look really different and let's see if their salaries on the sites are, are presented as a bargain for these couple of weeks while people still think like, Oh, Deshaun Watson is not good anymore. Well, that's the, again, I want to just go. I know a lot of people look at the, uh, the rankings, so we're still looking back at last year. Minnesota defense is like uh, like we've been talking about, probably not as good as they were a year ago. So those numbers are going to be a little deflated for what we're projecting on Houston. So um, yeah, don't be afraid to target Houston in this game at all. All right, all right. Let's move on to the next exciting game on our docket. Seattle, minus six and a half at Miami. Guys, everybody wants to talk about this game. It's a 54 and a half point total. It's the sexy, sexy Seattle Seahawks. And it's my boy, Fitzmagic, you know, on the flip side, just throwing the football to a narrow group of wide receivers. What's better than this? Nothing. Nothing is better. They're at Miami. Fitzpatrick. All right. Can I just throw the weapons out? We we know who he's going to throw to. He's going to throw to Mike Isecki. He's going to throw to Devontae Parker. He's going to throw to uh, Preston Williams. 
and he's going to throw a lot of times. What am I missing here, John? And wait, there's more. When we talk about the recency bias component of this, I don't know how much ownership is going to be in this game because Miami last week destroyed their opponent, but they did it like defensively. Oops, should have played Miami defense on the showdown. They did it defensively and they, did, they just ran the football. You know, they could take it easy, but when they were throwing, the those pass catchers were heavily involved, but they just took over the game against the Jaguars, didn't need to throw. So if you're reading game logs and you didn't actually watch the game, you're kind of like, oh, Miami wins, but they're not really scoring that many fantasy points for these guys. But if you watch the game, you understood they just didn't need to. The defense dominated, which is crazy. Uh, Miami defense, they dominate here. They're going to be throwing nonstop. Yeah, the, the, game, the game script should work well here for the Miami side of the ball. Um, six and a half. That's another one that kind of looks a little low to some people. I know it's you know close to a touchdown, but um, I would think the the um, the public would think this this line would be a little bit higher. Seattle considered to be one of the best teams, uh, Super Bowl contender. Miami, you know, okay, fine. They beat Jacksonville last week on on Thursday night, but uh, we're not expecting much here out of Miami. It's just odd that we threw them uh, when we were going over this. Like, who are we going to throw on these? Uh, uh, for the for the marquee games of the week, and Miami just never gets that, never gets the nod from us. That's why I said we, you know, we've got to talk about Miami here, fifty four and a half. But they, it, you know, if you look at my numbers, I think I have them as the number one. Uh, yeah, it's like them and Dallas as the uh, Dallas is number one, and they're just under in projected uh, passing yardage in this game, and that's really has more to say about the uh, about Seattle. So it's a good situation where you've got a team that gives up a ton of yards um, in the air. They don't want to really run the ball. Now you've got, we don't know what the situation is with uh, Carson on the, uh, on the Seattle side. I assume he's Potential. If Carson is out, we're going to get a heavy dose of Carlos Hyde with a little bit of some of these, you know, Trenton Cannon level backups mixed. I don't even know if it's Cannon or who the hell the backup is over there, but oh, Travis Hosmer uh, level backups mixed in, but you, you'll get a, I don't know. Does it lead to more rushing work? No, I think I, I, I think this, at least more uh, passing work. I, this team at some point realized that Russell Wilson is the. I mean, obviously he's having an MVP type season. Was he have fourteen touchdowns here so far in three weeks? Um, when they let Russ just kind of be Russ, that's when they're at their best. When they, I, I think, I think uh, even early in the year last year and and the year before they. I think Pete Carroll wants to play defense. He he wants to play. He wants to run the ball, play defense. He doesn't have that kind of a team. Um, this is Russ's team. Like Russ can make plays. Bad offensive line doesn't matter. He's got two really good wide receivers now. Um, so yeah, this this is a game that sets up well not only for Seattle but because of the way the game's going to play out. And Seattle's going to come out throwing the ball. I think here uh, probably get a lead. Miami's got a real good chance to put up some numbers in a catch up mode where they're not going to run the ball all that much. Fitzpatrick's got the ability. He can put up, you know, Fitzpatrick can have big games. Um, and against this defense, this is a game I really am interested in um, in stacking, probably more than any of the other ones, uh, where from from the standpoint of uh, utilizing wide receivers on both sides, plus both quarterbacks. I love it. Yeah, and I, I it's a rule for me. If I ever play Russell Wilson, I always game stack it because uh, I've just found over the years that those are the games where it's just Russell Wilson doesn't tend to do well if his team goes up 21 nothing. They will sit on the run. And and so to me, even with the Carlos Hyde and even with the let Russ Cook movement in full effect, 
if they're up 21 nothing and it's the you know second half they're just going to sit on the run and they'll be successful at it which is a serious risk on the Wilson side but no matter what the hell happens in this game I don't see any situation where Fitzpatrick isn't throwing the football outside of them benching him or him throwing five interceptions which is absolutely within the realm of quote things that could happen in this game right it could happen it's it's a greater than 0% chance that you know Fitzpatrick gets benched for Tua at some point during this game. I don't think it's going to happen. They're coming off a win, but it's a greater than zero. Uh, you know, in two, three weeks, we might be talking about it's a 30, 40, 50%. Like we'll be on the, the Fitzpatrick death wash, maybe. But here, this idea that Fitzpatrick will not throw 40 passes is surprise. It doesn't make sense to me. I think he's going to throw more than 40 times in this game because he's going to have to, and he's more than willing to. Now, if he can. If, if we have this narrow distribution between Gisecki, Parker, and and Preston Williams, there's only three guys that they throw, Isaiah Ford, but it's really just those th- three or four players. There's no you know, other tight end that comes in. They don't really throw to the running backs very much. So it's a condensed target tree, which makes game and team stacking super sexy here. Give me Fitzpatrick. Give me Parker for sure. He's the guy. You know, Mix him in with a little bit of... Um, uh, DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett or or um, certainly Carlos Hyde in in that mix. You know what's interesting is in a few of these games we've got we're interested in the game from a offensive standpoint, but we'd also want to mix in some of the defenses, like you said, because there's a, there's a chance with as often as Miami will throw the ball. You've oh, got chances on Seattle side for a pick six that it, that's going to you know push them to. You know, they, there's a potential for 15, 20 points on the Seattle side. I don't, I don't see it as much. I don't like, uh, you know, we don't talk about defenses often. I don't like playing defenses against the good quarterbacks, especially a, a guy like Russ doesn't really turn the ball over much. No. But Miami, I mean, like you said, yeah. Fitzpatrick could throw five touchdowns or five picks. We don't it's know. With, it's within the realm of things that could happen, um, and not like wouldn't blow my mind. Five would be a lot, but like three picks from Fitzpatrick would kind of be like, okay, kind of not shocked. Two probably expected. I, I'd be surprised if he threw less than two. You know what I mean? Like it, th- I can imagine if if we could find the prop for Fitzpatrick doesn't throw an interception in this game, it's got to be like plus two fifty. You know what I'm saying? Like the chance of him not throwing one is pretty low. So uh, there we go. I love this game. Stack it up both sides. But I think oddly the safer passing offense is probably Miami here because there's always that chance that Seattle defense dominates a little bit. And then they just sit on the run and then, you know, and the Seattle side disappoints. But if this game does what what Vegas thinks it's going to do, there's going to be lots and lots of points to go around. I love it. And uh, I'm excited for this game and I'm excited to stack it up because freaking that Miami team is pretty damn cheap. All right. We got two more to go. The Patriots travel to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. The Chiefs come in as seven-point favorites with a 53.5-point projected total in this one. Um, There are some angles here, John, that I'm very fascinated by, but I'm first looking at that round number, that little seven there. And 
you know, it's a really, you know, that's that number where it gets us on the fence here. What do we got to do now? Number one, I want to ask you just a general sports gambling philosophical point. How much are you willing to pay to get that to minus six and a half or like how much, how important is it for me to like comparative odd search, just find that minus six and a half so I can at least get the seven point or get the win. If it hits the seven, like what's that worth to you? Yeah. The, uh, now I'm, I'm trying to think of the exact uh, numbers, but you're going to pay like 20. You're going to usually pay like a quarter, 25 cents on the juice. Uh, so if it's a minus 110 game, you might pay uh, or you're going to pay. It'll be like a minus 125, something like that to get it off. So 15 cents uh, juice. Uh, it's going to depend on the book. So if it could be 15, 20 cents, something like that, 25 cents even. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the key numbers are your three are um, obviously three and seven are your big key numbers. Ten, of course, as well. Uh, but a good chunk of the games are going to end on those numbers just because of the way, obviously, scoring is in uh, in football. So being able to shop for, for different prices, if you've got the ability to have different books, um, if you live, certainly if you live in a state where you have multiple options, um, that's a really, uh, it's, it's a big advantage. So if you can, if you do like, if you like New England and you can find seven and a half out there, you're going to want to jump on that. Obviously, if you like Kansas City at six and a half. Um, if you could find a book and often you will find books that do give you an off, uh, will offer six and a half. They might, might be a little bit more juice, might pay maybe minus minus one fifteen, but, um, it's worth it. Um, if you can, yeah. if, if that's the side you like, uh, those key numbers are, are, are critical. And it's often while you, you won't see a game. People ask me all, all the time, a game opened at, uh, six and a half, let's say now it's five and they'll say, well, why did it move so much? It's really didn't move nearly as much as the game from seven down to six and a half. Those are the games that mean a lot more. The, the games will fluctuate in between key numbers a lot more than they will on the key numbers. So, Yeah, so there's a lot of built-up juice around that. Now, um, the Patriots are really interesting offense under Cam. Um, we've, seen, we've seen a few different approaches. Uh, we've seen a game where Cam needed to throw, let Cam you know, dress up. I don't know. What, what, I need an equivalent to uh, let Russ cook for, for Newton. But we'll get that figured out. But we've seen a game where Newton had to throw a lot. And he, you know, it just was spectacular across the board at Seattle in week two, 44 attempts. All the run, all the wide receivers got in on the action. Um, you know, he still ran for 11 rushes. He scored two touchdowns with his legs, 40 fantasy points. We've seen him do great things. We've also seen last week a game where they fully just controlled it with the running game and Rex Burkhead and went crazy and Cam didn't do almost anything, put up 12 points. So, and that was because the Vegas, Vegas Raiders, I can't even say it. The Vegas Raiders um, weren't able to perform offensively against the elite New England defense. Now we get the Chiefs. And what do the Chiefs do? They score. And what? how often do they score? Very frequently. Do they care who the defense is? Hell no, right? They are the best offensive team in the league, maybe outside of Seattle. Seattle better offense right now? Yeah, I'm going to say. But, like, they're right there. So they are the strongest offense. There is no – they will beat your great defense, which means we're going to have to let Cam, you know, dress up. I'm calling that. Let him wear her costume. I don't know. I need something. No. Think of it. Guys, give me some ideas in the chat. But – Cam's going to be throwing here. And there are some very cheap... Uh, now, the Chiefs are a good pass defense, but there are some very low-cost weapons in this 
New England passing game that we can take advantage of to make lineups happen and look really, really good, John. So what do we have for Cam Newton to like Edelman and Nikhil Ari for 60 fantasy points? Like, is that going to be a long shot? I haven't looked at it yet. It's probably going to be, yeah, I mean, I don't know. They'll probably be in the top 15, though, I would I would imagine, um, when I when I sit down and actually run those numbers. Um, when you look at my numbers that I have out there on the on the power rank, is the, again this they're kind of low, and I think a lot of that is based on the New England defense of last year. I don't think they're quite as strong as they were a year ago, but they have played. You know, they they they're they good. Played, they good played better than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. They would have had to adjust my numbers a little bit to um, to account for that. So yeah, here we go. He's got it. Cam's the, the, let Cam go GQ on these guys. I like it. Nice work, one shot. <laughs> you know, one thing about it from the betting from a betting angle, from a betting standpoint, um, there've been so the quarterback is. I'm not saying anything you don't know, but from a from a betting standpoint, the quarterback is really the key. And there are a few quarterbacks when I run the numbers. There's certain quarterbacks, like and there's not many of them who actually outperform the numbers on a year in year out basis. Brady has been that guy for a number of years now. Breeze, Rogers, Wilson. Um, Mahomes is now quickly moved into that category. I've actually put him in that category. Um, so when I do my numbers, I have to actually adjust higher um, for him. And Cam was actually that guy for a while in Carolina until he got hurt. So I'm hesitant now. I don't know if I'm getting Cam of then or Cam uh, or, or or the Cam who wasn't quite as good, but he has looked. You know, he has looked fairly he, good he, here. He has looked. Yeah, yeah. He has looked vintage Cam. Like you have to go back to like the 2017 version of cam newton that's what we're seeing right now yeah you're getting so from again from a betting standpoint and i think part a lot of the reason is just like the it's 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 the flip side where winston um you actually had to take numbers off of uh tampa you had to take some value off of their power rankings they were their uh statistics were far better than what their actual um rank should be and it's strictly because of the quarterback throwing a lot of interceptions and and uh, not being efficient i think you get the flip with that here when i look at the highly efficient quarterbacks these guys who actually win a, a ton of games and you know there's no there's no surprise as to who those guys are they're the best quarterbacks in the league um and i and i think it's just the fact that they score when they have like they when they get into that red zone they put the ball in the end zone they don't settle for field goals um, they're just they're more efficient with the yardage. A lot of what I do in, in the rankings is based on um, what you expect to score based on a certain amount of yardage. And most teams are going to just fluctuate because the ball is going to bounce differently. You know, if, if there's an outlier, it's generally because of uh, uh, turnovers in a year. Some years you're just going to have, you know, fumbles that you just don't recover. Fumbles are generally a 50-50 proposition. Uh, maybe some bad calls against you. But uh, there's a reason the good quarterbacks historically go uh, – uh, outperform their numbers. So anyway, just from a betting standpoint, um, it's you're always going to find the Kansas City's, the Brady's, uh, their their numbers usually going to be a little bit higher, and there's a good reason for it. And even with the higher number, they cover at an extraordinary rate. So just playing the good quarterbacks will uh, will lead to a profit when they're playing, especially when they're playing bad ones. But we don't I, have that here. I, uh, two well, I was, good quarterbacks. I was going to say a betting angle from yesterday or from yeah. the other day was I heard that um, – Mahomes has never not covered the spread as an underdog. That is, uh, I'm not 100 percent sure if that's true, but I think that is. I, I, um, yeah, yeah, and there, and that's another good point. The good quarterbacks as a dog, uh, gen- the great quarterbacks, I should say, as an underdog, you go ahead and uh, and fire away. When Russ is a dog, when you know when when Brady, you know Brady's a dog again. 
the problem with that is they're usually an underdog against a really good quarterback. They usually don't. Yeah, but that's okay. But like, we don't need them to win. We just want them to cover the right. spread when when it comes to that. And that was a really interesting. I was like, you know what, motherfucker, Mahomes should never be an underdog, and he was. That's I think right. he was an underdog um, for Monday. For the Monday, they were Monday yeah, game. Three and a half, yeah. yeah, three and a half points. Yeah. Like, dude, that was the fucking easiest bet ever. So, let's diving into this one. What's interesting for me on the DFS side of it is I'm looking at the Kansas City side, and I got to tell you, the Patriots' defense is not a defense that I tend to choose to want to target for fantasy scoring purposes as a general thing, right? These players on the Chiefs are are salaried. For a 53 and a half point total game for a high explosive game, right? I look at it and I go, I think all of that is priced into these guys. And when I look at Mahomes again coming off the monster game, the if you didn't play Mahomes, you didn't make money game, um, just ca- against the Ravens, which was an obvious um, smash spot. Maybe again with seven 50 plus total games to choose from, maybe with Mahomes priced up as the second most expensive quarterback on the slate or the third right there with Russell Wilson and, and um, coming in a little bit under Lamar Jackson to where he's not an absolute lockdown. I like him. He's priced there, but he's not an absolute lockdown must play for me for sure. I think he could beat the best. I just don't think you absolutely have to play him. And I think also secondarily for DFS purposes, the difficulty in stacking him, uh, with any there's too many weapons again it's always kelsey or hill or sammy watkins or Miko hardman goes off or or some other player um that that comes out of nowhere or the running back does a little bit of damage to where it's really hard to find who to stack him with to where a lot of times i just say you know what maybe i'll either just do a one-man stack with him or or have less mahomes like i don't think mahomes is going to be one of the focal points of my especially my handcrafted builds this week I uh, couldn't agree more. This is a game. Actually, both sides of this game, I, I'm not in love with uh, this game. I think there's other, uh, there's, there's sexier matchups out there from a DFS standpoint. So I'm not totally in love with the game. Um, obviously, you're going to want some exposure in uh, in MME, but this is not going to be one of the game I'm focusing on. I'm, I'm curious to see when, when I get the numbers for the, um, for the stack percentages, where they're at. But I, I don't think, I, I think we'll see, we'll see both quarterbacks here. Um, stacked with whoever their top uh, their top receiver is going to be in this game, it, it's going to be fairly low um, relative to, to the other games. So I again, there's so many options on both sides. Really, uh, you don't know you don't know who to go. The only the only thing that is uh, the only thing that we know is running back on Kansas City. It's pretty much just one. We're focused on one guy there. Um, both quarterbacks. I think other than that, yeah. Um, I'm pretty, you know, it's kind of up in the air. Like you said, Kansas City at any time, it could be the tr- it could be the Kelsey game, it could be the Hill game, it could be, you know, uh, Harmon gets two touch, you know, it could be anyone because the quarterback's just that good. Um, he makes it happen more so than these wide receivers do. And I, I almost, I, I could do, I could actually do either of these quarterbacks solo just because the fact that Cam, you always have the chance where he's going to run balls in, uh, he's going to get rushing touchdowns, and I think, I think. Um, I think Belichick's kind of kind of enjoying uh, having such a different type of quarterback, and you know how Belichick—you just never know who he's going to use down at the goal line. I mean, one week it's you know one week it's going to be Burkhead, then it's it's Michelle. you know he changed. He's done it for years. You just never know. Now it's almost like 
not touching that. Not that, touching that. Well, I now it, it, now I feel like you've got a chance. Now that you can get the quarterback, you've got a chance where the quarterback's going to be that guy sometimes during uh, during these games. So, um, yeah, I can almost take uh, I can almost take Cam or Mahomes here solo. But e- even that is not one of my favorite plays here this week. Newton is relatively inexpensive to um, some of these other quarterbacks on the slate, which does bring his interest level up. I think, again, he's he's a little bit easier to stack also because of just the cheapness of, of a Nikhil Harry or Demir Bird. Um, one, of the things I, one of the things I noted in breaking down this game earlier was in the game where Newton threw 30, 40 plus times, which there was one, those guys, all three of them, were talking like 30% of the offense, even Demir Bird. So like, you know, it was a 44 uh, pass game, uh, pass attempt game, and you know Bird got nine targets. You know Nikhil Harry was getting ten targets, uh, and and um, that was four out of forty four. And and Edelman gets you know ten or eleven. So they're basically the entire passing. They don't throw to anybody else. There's no tight end to throw to, and they haven't been thrown to the running back. So it's just been those three guys. So for that reason, I like it. And if we assume that Kansas City is scoring then we can expect Cam to suit up or Cam to go GQ in this one. I'm testing out them both to see see what flows, guys. Let me know in the comments which one you like. A little little let Cam suit up or let Cam go GQ. I don't know which one I like better, but I like them both. All right, let's move on. I think we got one more. The flaming hot Buffalo Bills travel to Las Vegas as three-point favorites to take on the Raiders in a game with a 52-point total. Now, I think we can all agree that we hope that the Bills will keep their players in the hotel room and outside of the strip clubs and the casinos where the corona is spreading like wildfire okay how do we do this john how do we make sure that this trip to las vegas doesn't end up in hookers hoes blows and coronas i don't think there's much we could do on that one we, we we've already got one corona game Let's that's what i'm saying another. man i can't i can't uh, you know who thought it was a good idea to bring a team to las vegas in in 2020 whose idea was that yeah, it's, that's the uh, worst place. That's the worst place. And players, a 22-year-old kid in Vegas with millions and hookers everywhere. Oh, this is not a good scene. It's very dangerous. Yeah, it's just more, one more thing you got to worry about when you go to Vegas now. Oh, man, the Rona's everywhere in Vegas. I saw some of those commercials, man. You show like a, hey, come on in. And they're like spraying shit with Lysol. Like, good luck with that. All right. <laughs> like, that ain't doing shit. People smoking cigarettes in the casino. You know, the masks are off. They're blowing smoke in your face. Corona smoke. Yeah. It's, a, it's I, the last place you want to be. I don't mind. I don't mind going to the casino, maybe to place a place a sports bet. But um, I, I don't know if it's that important to sit at the blackjack table right now. No, no. There's online blackjack, please. And players, guys, you don't got to go to the Bunny Ranch. You're an NFL player. Snap your fingers. There's no need for this in Vegas. Yeah, but you know, you're paying for the silence. 
no, man. Uh, you you know all the tricks, but that you know, no, no. All right, let's talk about this game. Uh, I just I don't want to go here. Who's hotter than Josh Allen, the uh, the DFS Army bold calls pick for number one fantasy performing uh, quarterback of the year? Thank you very much. Uh, season long says for that pick has been coming true. No hotter quarterback outside of maybe Russell and pretty much all these other fucking hot quarterbacks. There's been a bunch of them, Dak and and Allen, right? Now we go to and Russ. Yeah, Russ, Dak, and Allen. Those are the trio, right? And it, how weird is it that we're not saying Mahomes and Lamar Jackson? There are so many great quarterbacks in the league right now. Um, but the Bills look great. The Bills look like they're going to come out of the NFC East, uh, AFC East as the AFC East champions this season. You know, calling it now. Diggs could not have fit in any better. Last week, um, Smokey Brown gets injured in the first quarter. Even tighter distribution for Beasley and Diggs here. And you're taking on a Raiders team at home that's been decent at scoring. Like they, they, they're, they're very injured, though. I don't know. I'm a little worried about that offense uh, and, and them keeping up in this game. I like Buffalo to uh, cover the three. How do you feel about the line on this one? It goes right into it again. I mean, it's I'm generally a dog player. Um, I mean, 90% of the time I'm, I'm on a dog. just the way my model works. Uh, just looking at these games, I probably won't have all that many plays. I'm, I'm not going to have that many plays because the dogs just don't look great here. Buffalo, again, is going to be a heavy public team. Um, you know, that always scares you, though, when, when it just every looks time, so easy. Wait, every time I have an opinion, that's like the public opinion. It's the Well, you're part of the public. I'm part of the so, public. I'm listen, like I, John I think, Q public here. You know, I, I, I've got this is why I have a model, because I try to take my my mind out of it because I stare at it. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, Buffalo's got to win this game by by more than three. Right. Hottest team or one of the one of the, look like one of the best teams in the league. Uh, obviously, Allen, you're going to look at my numbers. And again, they're going to look a little deflated because Buffalo, because we're going back to last year. They didn't have digs. Uh, this Buffalo offense is clicking a lot better than they were last year. Their defense last year was great, and I think they're still playing at a pretty good Their level Their defense here is still very good. That's so, so that's why this team looks really solid. There's, you know, There are times where Vegas just is slow to get there, um, and that could be the case here. Um, you know, Vegas has had their moments here. They've looked, you know, The Raiders look good, obviously look great against uh, the Saints in, in, in their home opener in the new stadium. But, you know, this Buffalo team just looks like a better team than that same team does right now. Buffalo looks like one of the best teams um, in the AFC. Maybe well, not talked about well-rounded teams yeah. too, offense play, and defense. Well, you look at these teams now. You know, Kansas City obviously put themselves. You know, took a big step forward on, with that Monday night game. They play pretty good defense. We don't talk about their defense that much. Baltimore's still going to be in contention. Obviously, we know how good that offense is, but they also play great defense. Pittsburgh's a team not being talked about all that much. We know they can put up points when Ben's in there, but that defense looks good. So it's interesting in the AFC. These are pretty good defenses. You know, the and AFC by the way, these teams. I'm, yeah. I'm going to throw in on that list of good defenses, Kansas City. I think Kansas City is maybe the that. most... Uh, oh, you said. Yeah. I was, they're like maybe the most underrated of them all. We think of KC as this team to score bonanza of points against, but that's not been the case. No, I said that. And then you, and then you okay. look in the NFC... You know, it's like these... It's like high-powered offenses. No defense. You know, Dallas, no defense. Seattle offense no defense um you know San Fran we don't know what's you know with all the injuries we'll, we'll see what happens but uh Green Bay putting up points um not totally scared you know the the Bears are 3-0 and that was the the strength of that team was the defense 
Um, they haven't really shut anybody down. Uh, they're kind of a surprising three and zero. We'll see how they go. Just been playing Wolves. against. Just been playing against turds. Yeah, they've been they, lucky they, with the with the matchups. Sorry, Chicagoans. It's not going to last. It's not lasting. I'm, well, well, we'll see when we get. Uh, we'll talk more about that one uh, maybe later. But the. Yeah. But yeah, in this game, like I said, Allen was a guy that I like to. I I like to play Allen as a uh, a one off. Now he's safe to actually play in stacks especially because of digs here. Um, he's become a better passer. I just love these quarterbacks in fantasy who could act, who could run the ball as well because it just gives you that element. That rushing touchdown is so advantageous to have. Um, it's it's putting you over the top. It's, you know, it's part of the reason the Breezes don't get a point. You know, he's not throwing for the 300 yards either, but Brady and Breeze and these, these guys who just don't run, this new breed of quarterback, these guys throw and they run. They're giving you multiple ways to score, and it's it's – giving them the opportunity. I mean, Allen, I believe, has scored 30-plus in all three uh, games this year, right? He uh, has been yeah. spectacular. And But I, I just want to I I I jump on your point for a second. As this has been showing success in the NFL, this is what we're going to see coming out of college. This phenomenon is not going anywhere. It, over the next three, four, five years, what you're going to see coming out of the draft, John, are guys who, in the past, coaches might have put into – wide receiver roles or running back roles because they're so athletic, but they're seeing now that the, the, the change in the quarterback position requires the athleticism. So we're now going to see more and more players coming through the ranks. I believe that are these style of guys that are athletic enough to really do some damage with their legs, their dual threats. I think that is the wave of the future in the NFL. There's no way. And we'll see more of them just because as it goes down the ranks, as they see what's happening in, in, in the pros, coaches will start to put those more athletic kids in positions of uh, quarterback, really, like at the quarterback position where they might have put them as wide receivers and running backs or or even linebackers in the past because yeah, what, of their size. What we what we had seen when you had, especially in college, when you had the running quarterbacks, they were really primarily just running quarterbacks. They couldn't. They didn't have the the passing ability. Um, and that's kind of the knock that a lot of these guys who would come out, Lamar Jackson had that knock, not great passers. Um, a couple of things, you, it, and I mentioned this before, it's going to be interesting to see, give these guys a few years. You know, Cam, pretty good running uh, quarterback. Andrew Luck was a great running quarterback um, who could throw. You know, will these guys last in the NFL? Will they be able to take those hits? So a lot of these guys we're talking about are still young. Let's see. I, I mentioned it last week. Mahomes, when he hurt his knee, not the same quarterback. No, great and Russell, as, uh, Russ, Russ, same. Yeah, so these guys have they run, uh, but they're not running quarterbacks. You know, Rogers has been that guy for years. Alex Smith, great running quarterback, but you don't yeah. think of Alex Smith as a rushing. Alex let, Smith let, led the league in rushing. Let's not slap the the great tag on him. He was a great running. He he, okay. he, he led a, the league in he was, rushing. He was a he was a good running quarterback. No, no, no. I don't, no. I don't, I don't, I don't, he wasn't. All right, let's not just call him a great quarterback. But what yeah. I mean is, he had the ability to run. He had good. Yeah. He had good mobility. Um, but these guys, when they lose that, um, you know, the again, like Alex Smith, Aaron Rodgers, you don't think of them as running type of quarterbacks, but they use their legs to uh, to really use their arm, let's say. And Mahomes that's, is that is that's that the way. Per- that's what Mahomes is, and he's yeah. the perfect mix of it. Um, you know, it's not quite Lamar Jackson again, a little more extreme, but we've seen we've seen Josh Allen evolving into a guy who can also throw the football. And I think his passing game is maybe even a smidge ahead of Lamar Jackson, even right now. Um, he's got that 
cannon for an arm. You know, if it's if it's Josh Allen, he doesn't miss Marquise Brown uh, wide open late in the game uh, the way that uh, Lamar did. He was a little off on Monday, in fairness. But yes, beautiful stuff. And what what I've been shocked about on this Buffalo team, and I, I'm talking a lot about Buffalo because I am not interested in Vegas at all in this game, um, outside of maybe a D-Ron uh, uh, Waller. I don't know who else. Like, all their pass catchers are injured, I, and, and I don't like... Uh, the way the spot sets up for Jacobs at all. So like for me, it's like Darren Waller or bust on the, on the Raiders side. I, I don't like anything, but on the Buffalo side, I think it's Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley. If, 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 um, if John Brown is out, like Stefan Diggs has a great connection with, with Josh Allen, like a shockingly good one, considering they've only been playing together for like a minute. This is, yeah, this is a really good matchup. Yeah, so I, I think that's I think it's a bit overrated sometimes when they talk about the uh, the depends the, on the quarterback. I think I, I think you got to worry about the system. I'm not sure that the Bills' system of go deep and I'll throw it to you is like that it's, hard it, to learn. It, it it's the same thing with Hopkins. Yeah, like I don't think like they didn't need like Murray didn't need all that much time with a guy like Hopkins when you have a really good receiver. Um, you know, it's so overblown. I'm watching the Tampa game and and. Uh, Brady overthrows uh, Gronk in the end zone, and and they're giving him the excuse like, well, you know, they haven't worked together in quite some time. I'm like, no, it's just a, it was an awful fucking pass. Like, you don't need you don't need to work when a guy's wide open and you overthrow him. It's just a bad pass. Like they love to give these guys, um, they love to give him an out that uh, well they haven't worked together. No, that's bullshit. So yeah, Diggs uh, Diggs looks good here in this matchup. Like I said, I'm all about Allen. Uh, you know the. the Again, he's gone from a guy who I, I wanted to take solo, who I can now stack in these games. Just the running situation. Um, you know, Singletary, nice game, nothing great, nothing that we, we needed. Well, I'm not, you know. By the way, Singletary did what he had to do. I'm, I'm, I played him in cash. He did what he had to do last week. Moss coming back. Um, I don't like this team when there are two running backs in play. They don't um, no. do enough in terms of touchdowns to make them worthwhile and, and again you've got a running quarterback who can yeah. steal touchdowns at the goal line he's got that ability where you know play action roll out and he takes those touchdowns these running back is you know getting the running backs who score on the goal line is so important that's why getting the the guys who get the majority of the carries you're confident you know they're not coming out on the goal line um these teams that t- you know the, the new england's who you don't know who's going to run the ball you know it just drives you absolutely bananas so yeah, the, and, and I don't like that situation here. Now, Vegas has a running back that they use, but this is a pretty bad situation. I, I don't want it. Yeah, I don't like. I don't want to play that style. He'll be fine, but I don't want to pay up for that style of running back against this Bills defense, which is very, very good. All right, so we've gone through the seven 50-plus total games on the slate. We're about to go into what we call the lightning round. We're going to look at some of the more turdly games, uh, we're going to kind of keep it brief. We'll give a, a, about a two-minute breakdown for each game. But before we get to that, for you guys who are watching now, for anybody who's listening uh, via uh, Podbean or or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this, iTunes, please do us the solid. If you like the content, if you like this type of breakdown, if you like what we do, Slap a like, a subscribe to the channel. Give us a like to the video. Subscribe to the channel. It helps us with the algorithm. helps get this video in front of more people. And it lets you know when these when we start recording. We do our Vegas lines, um, DFS and betting lines breakdown every single Wednesday around this time. But, you know, sometimes we start at 1, sometimes we start at 2. You get a notification. 
you'll get to check us out live if you can make some comments in the comment section it also lets us know that you watch so you know please like and subscribe to whatever channel spotify stitcher wherever you are we appreciate it and now we move on to the lightning round All right, so a bunch of incredible games, then some turdly games this week, and we'll start with um, a brief overview, John. We got the Colts at Chicago. Nick Foles going to be the quarterback, I think. Colts are two-and-a-half-point favorites, two very good defensive teams. The Colts' defense has just been nasty to start the season. 45-point um, total, uh, two-and-a-half-point spread, so it's right under that three-point sort of pitch line that you talk about. Anything to like here on this line? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the, I think the game's right where it needs to be. Um, it's going to be real interesting. This is your first game here now with Foles as the quarterback. I think it's a big improvement over Trubisky. Um, and we've liked Trubisky, um, you know, in MME for, uh, like two of the first three weeks. Uh, we've, uh, you know, Kyle and he's few, done okay. Guys, I mean, and he's been fine. Yeah. Um, I think, I think we're in a situation. I, I think we're going to be able to get Foles undervalued. I think this offense, if you watch this team, and I've watched a little bit, my brother's a big Bears fan, so we talk about the, the Bears quite a bit. Um, so I tend to watch a little bit of their uh, of their game film. Trubisky is awful. Like he, guys are running free. Neg, I think Nagy's a pretty good coach. If you remember, he's the guy who came from Kansas City. He was play. He was calling plays um, over there for uh, for Andy Reid, and Andy Reid doesn't let anyone call plays. He he can he can call it up, and Foles understands this offense. So there's not going to be a huge learning curve here for Foles. I think. I think the Bears could be sneaky. Um, I think Foles could be sneaky. Um, they're going to be overlooked. So I think I think from a fantasy standpoint, sneaky play. They they also might be a lot better offensively and and thus maybe a better team than than people uh, than people expect. Very possible. Um, Foles look great. Allen Robinson smoked that game as soon as Foles came in. Of course, he he laser focused in on Jimmy Graham, who's been a forgotten man for years. So there's a couple of weapons there, uh, as well as Anthony Miller on the Chicago side that are interesting. And with Tarek Cohen gone for the year, I mean, even even eh, David Montgomery is going to maybe start to not be the worst uh, play for DFS. They're, they're going to use Patterson, I think, in the backfield. Uh, I think Patterson becomes the Tariq Cohen type of uh, Yeah, but I mean, he's going to be in there for gimmicks. But I mean, I think Montgomery is going to do a little bit more then maybe then we would expect now Colts side of this game you know it's Jonathan Taylor and TY Hilton and then I'm not you know I'm I'm really not interested in this game from the Colts point of view they're favored but you know it's such a low total there's so many sexy games on the slate yeah. but I mean if I had to if you're forcing me to play one of them or two of them you know Jonathan Taylor is interesting here of course the Bears not the greatest run defense in the league and and TY Hilton if I'd like to see the Colts in a situation where they need to score Maybe they'll actually throw to T.Y. Hilton a little bit. Yeah, it's 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 tough. The the cult side of the ball, I think, is tough. I I, I think you're limited on your options there. Not super excited there. Yeah. All right, next up in the lightning round, this one is one of probably the most interesting of the non-featured games for me. Um, the Bengals are at home, three-point favorites, three-point favorites against the Jaguars. Uh, Forty-nine point game total, so just under that fifty-point threshold. No one's going to touch this game, John. But I got to tell you. There are some interesting angles here. Number one being, I kind of think like Minshew was exposed is not very good. 
against the Dolphins last week. We kind of saw some of his limitations as a thrower. Um, on the flip side, that Jacksonville defense, just not good this year at all. There's nothing redeeming about that defense whatsoever. Um, and we flip it over to the Bengals where the, the rookie Joe Burrow, I mean, he looks like the real deal, certainly having growing pains, certainly on not the greatest of team, but there are some passing weapons on that Bengals offense that might have um, might be able to prosper in this game environment. And the one I really want to ask you about is Joe Mixon. And can we actually get back on board the Joe Mixon bandwagon in the ultimate matchup at home where he's probably going to be favored for the only time all season? Well, if it's not this week, then I don't know when. I mean, this well, is are, are the Jets coming to town? Because that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know if they play the Jets this year. <laughs> or, the, or the Broncos. Like, who are they going to be favored against? They probably, do, they probably do play the Jets, right? The last place teams. But, um, oh, no, the Miami would, would have been the last place team, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the um, – no, this is the matchup that – I mean, if Mixon doesn't do it here, I, I, don't, I don't know if we can uh, – I think we, we have to start punting him for the rest of the season. Um, and that's it, fading him, fading him from here on in. So, this is it. I mean, Mixon – he was a he was a late first round, early second round guy in in season long. Everyone had high expectations. We've all been disappointed so far this year. Um, I tell you, my experience is when we get to this point in the season and you've been disappointed, and when you're disappointed by the by the lack of uh, by the use, you know the way that the player is being used, it generally just doesn't turn around. I'm going to give him one more shot uh, this week, and but it, yeah, if we don't see again, you want to see that uh, how he's being utilized in the game. You want to see that change, and um, I'm not overly optimistic, but I think against Jacksonville, you certainly have to take a shot. I do like Burrows. Um, I think just in general, I'm I'm, I'm bullish Burrows uh, long term. Uh, this this is certainly a game. Well, you know, you look the game could go if it goes well like it did last week in the Jacksonville game. I mean, you had a game where the uh, Miami comfortably won that game, but you didn't really get much out of the the uh, quarterback for Miami. You didn't get uh, a lot out of the passing game here. So, um, you know, it could go that way where a team scores 30 plus points, but you get absolutely no, no uh, value stacking the game. It's really hard to pick pieces from the Jaguars to like, that's, that's one of the challenges we're going to talk about. I I don't think this, this isn't a game stack for me. Um, I I don't like anyone on the Jaguars as a standalone. Hey, I want to play him this week guy. Um, DJ shark might come back, but even when he was in there, he wasn't getting any sort of volume of, of, of targets. The other pass catchers for the Jag- Jaguars are nondescript, in my opinion. And who the hell uh, who the hell wants to try to figure out? I mean, I guess you could play uh, the running back, um, James Robinson, but like he's priced up like an elite running back. So I get, you, you know, maybe it's a fan duel play on DraftKings at 6,500. I guess he's had a couple of good games, so I mean there is some interest there, but not really. And I, I like targeting the Bengals with running backs, but man, you know, sixty five hundred for uh, uh, an underdog, terrible team running back, it's it's challenging to want to do it, man. Can we go there? Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't particularly like it um, at all. So I don't. I don't love the. Um... I don't love. I don't think I like anything on the uh, on the Jacksonville side of this. It's team. hard I to like you, it. It's hard to might, like it. Again, a small bit, small little bit of mix in in uh, MME, um, maybe a tiny bit of Burrows, but uh, on the whole, this is not a game that I, I particularly love. Yeah, 
I guess maybe Robinson now is going to come out. James Robinson will smoke it this week and just be awesome. But, uh, it, you know, I just can't mentally get there in terms of just paying up for him, even as much as I like the Bengals' um, defense as one to attack with running backs. All right, let's move on. Next game in the lightning round, we have the Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading out to Los Angeles to take on the Superchargers, 43.5-point total. Uh, Tampa, this is a stinker, dude. Uh, Tampa, uh, seven-point favorite. Both teams play great, not good, great defense. Two of the better defenses in the league. Both teams limit opposing passing really, really well. Um, You've also got the bonus. Tampa's just a good defense this year. They've been pretty much solid against the run for the last few years. They actually limited. Kamara scored a lot of fantasy points. He've got almost no yardage against them when they played the Saints. You don't want to mess with running backs um, against Tampa. They're at home. Again, Chargers cross-country trip. They drop five. Uh, they, they, they drop um, seven into coverage every single play. They do not blitz. This whole situation sets up real gross to me. I don't want anything to do with anyone on this game. Nothing. Yeah, the, the one thing for sure is you don't want any running backs here. Certainly not. Nope. On the Chargers side, we, just, we know that as a rule. Uh, don't play running backs against Tampa. Uh, but we don't, want to, we don't want anything on the Tampa side either. It's a little bit of a, a, a mess of a situation there as well. Um, you've got a committee running the ball. And quite frankly, I don't anticipate all that much, um, even from a combined standpoint, from all their running backs. So we're going to pass on the running backs in there. Um, you know, the passing game, I might be a little bit more bullish than you. I, I, I know I said, again, uh, from the beginning of the year, the Tampa side on the passing, uh, passing with Tampa is going to be down from last year, fantasy numbers wise. I think we've seen that so far. Um, I'm perfectly fine if you want to fade, if you want to fade uh, Brady and the uh, and the pass catchers in that in that game. I, I actually like the Chargers a little bit from a um, from a pass catching uh, standpoint. I think they could just as a, a contrarian play. It's going to be a small play for me in uh, MME, but I think we could get potentially some uh it could be a stack that that hits i'm not anticipating it it's going to be one of my lesser own you know i'm going to have it like a, a like but... keenan allen or or even hunter henry uh yeah hunter henry maybe not um yeah maybe 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 allen and um for a shot yeah maybe hunter henry but it's just it's good value there um better value maybe than allen but I would say, you know, again, we're not we're not overly optimistic about it, but I would say if I had to lean one side and I'm going to take a pass catcher, I'm going to do it on the Chargers side more so than the Tampa side. With Tampa, I, and I'll just be brief here because again, not an exciting game. Um, with Godwin out, certainly Mike Evans has an out, has a chance at a individually. I, I would never play Brady. Period. As my quarterback, um, he's too old. But I, I do think that uh, Mike Evans has an outside shot at having that game where he just finds his way into two touchdowns because no one else to really throw to. And it's hard to run against. Uh, it's not really hard to run against the Chargers, though. So I don't know that that'll happen. But, you know, Mike Evans on talent alone could get there. And actually, the play that I might like the most in this game is Bucks defense at home taking on the rookie. The guy looks good. Elair, he's my dude. Um, uh, no, not Elair. Ebear. Somebody, by, by the way, somebody made it's like, oh, by the way, you're saying it wrong. I'm not saying it wrong. I'm making Ebear a thing. I know his name. 
I don't want to call him Herbert. It's such a weird sounding last name. I want it to be I want it to be a bear. I want him to be like basically a hockey player from Canada who's playing the quarterback position. That's how I that's just what I want. So that's what I'm doing. But I know his name is Herbert. It just sounds so lame to call somebody Herbert. So he's gonna be a bear here. That's just what it is. If you don't like it, you don't have to watch it. Get the fuck out. Go watch something. Yeah, um, definitely a situation though. The Tampa defense could could uh, easily be a play here. Uh, you always want Tampa to target against, always and, want and to target the, rookies, rookie, no matter rookie, what, the, what the spreads are. Especially when the rookie quarterback looks sexy and like, ooh, everybody wants to play him. No, no, I want the rookie quarterbacks make mistakes, and um, you know, bad quarterbacks make mistakes. Which takes me back to that uh, Bengals game. Oh my gosh, I think we could play the Bengals defense in that one because Gardner Minshew makes mistakes. All right, next up we've got. Pittsburgh at Tennessee. Steelers favored by two. They're on the road. This game is delayed. We don't know when it's going to play out. As a matter of fact, this shit ain't even on the main slate. I'm taking it off the list. You're off the list. You're off the list. Delayed game, guys. The Tennessee guys, they're out. The strip club, they got the Rona. You know what happens. Stay in the bubble. Please, I'm begging you, NFL players, do not do that. Okay. Rent over. Here's a game that's interesting. The Ravens are 13-point favorites against uh, the Washington football team, and they're on the road, 13-point favorites, 47-point total. Baltimore defense, man, you just got to load up here. Dwayne Haskins, he's just not the guy. It's not not working out, John. It's not working out. If I'm a, a Washington football team fan, I just want my team to lose every game this year so I have a shot at um, the top quarterback. I can't remember his name. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Um, as Trevor Lawrence, I want my shot at him, fight my Jets for, for the shot at Trevor Lawrence this year. It's not working out with Haskins. Even my boy Terry McLaurin's in a tough spot because Marlon Chito Humphrey is going to be um, blanketed on him in coverage. And the Ravens are just a good enough team to know if the opposing team has only one weapon that they throw to, we are going to be able to stop that. This is a this is a fade. Washington's a fade. Everybody side of that game. Uh, I don't even like it from a game script where you say, "Well, they're going to be down and throwing." Don't care. Um, I'm fading that entire side of that game. Uh, Baltimore Jackson's always a play. So no, but a full game stinker. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but it's a full, Jackson's priced up. He has no reason no, to I throw. Know. It's a full game stinker. The only thing I'm interested, I'm not paying up for fucking Lamar. I don't no. care. I, I, I'm going to have him in. I'm going to have him because there's no way I could totally fade him in uh, MMA. Just that's not my style. So I'll always have a piece. But uh, again, I don't really. This is not a game that um, we're going to target. This is just going to be. Uh, I don't like anything from a pass catching standpoint um, there. So it's one of those where I might solo some Jackson lineups when uh, you know when he runs three in and throws for two, um, and and I, and I get him I'll in give there. you. I'll give you the narrative. The narrative is angry Lamar coming off the loss. You know, comes out and just kicks ass. I think the Ravens defense is the best play uh, on this entire game. Let's say, oh, they're the most expensive, of course. Great. So probably not going to play that either. But but they they get overlooked. Yeah, they get overlooked. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, there's just there's a lot of expensive options. So you're not going to have a ton of the. uh, Yeah, we're not going to have a ton of Raven defense, but uh, and this is going to be a situation where if the Raven defense is the nuts, I'm going to get killed because I'll be way under the market. Although obviously they're a great play, uh, defense is really hard to predict. So um, when the defense that everybody takes winds up being the defense you need, 
it turns out not being a very good week for me. There we go. All right, guys. That does it for the Geeks Vegas Lines DFS and betting breakdowns show for week four. Don't forget, if you're watching this, you're not a DFS Army subscriber yet, go sign up at DFSArmor.com. You can use my personal friends and family promo code. You use my code geek, you get 20% off your, your VIP. Get in there before the prices go up. We're we're adjusting our 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 pricing for the whole site. And we haven't done it yet because we're just slow with our technology of getting it going. Get in there now if you've been thinking about it. I promise you, you won't regret it. Of course, if, you, if, you, if you're a sports better and that's what you're into, you just want to bet the games or you do both, either way, go check out sportsbetarmy.com. You can get picks and get in the chat directly with John. John will give you life advice. It's not just betting picks. John, you can be like, yo, should I cut my hair? Like this, or like, he's got he's got an answer for every. I I call up John. I'm like, yo, uh, I got I I got to, I get some grass seed for my lawn. Okay, this one says Bermuda. This one says that. Which one should I get? John's like, I know which one to fuck yeah. get. He tells oh, me he's like he knows it. He knows everything. I have it. Well, no, I have an answer for everything. It doesn't mean I actually know everything. Th- but there's I, always I'll give an, you an answer. answer. Yeah. yeah, I believe you. I'm like, okay, I bought the fucking Bermuda grass. Yeah, I'm fucking John, I don't know how you knew about that. That I, I call John when I have like regular life issues to go. So he's in the chat. He's in there teaching the basics of sports gambling. Yeah, don't don't ask me about like rashes and stuff like that. I don't that that I don't that go no, to your doctor. Do yeah. do that and send a pick. But no, but um, send a pick. But he's he's not just giving out a pick. And this is what I really love about sports bet army guys. It, it's intimidating to bet on sports. What am I supposed to be looking for? What, how, how do I know which side of a game? I don't even know what, you know, how do I learn about probabilities, expected value? That's what they're doing in the sports bet army chat. That's what John does. You ask him these questions. So, you know, how do I know if a line is good or bad? How do I know what side of a game to be on? Those are the things that you learn in sports bet army. And of course you get his actual picks, not just John. You get Anthony P, who's a fucking master of hockey and and NBA. He's so good. And you've got Ryan in there with his with his models for um, college football, college basketball, WNBA, all the sports I don't watch. He's all over it. Uh, even the snipers in there with MMA bets. And you've got my MMA. I fucking crush MMA. I'm telling you, it's worth it. If you just were following my MMA bets, you would have doubled your betting account. And that was it. Like we fucking smashed this season it's unfortunate i'm not doing them now because i got to focus on football but i will pop in on occasion with an mma bet as well so we've got every sport covered when you want action you've got it sportsbetarmy.com and of course no house advantage our sponsor we appreciate them and we appreciate you checking them out um with promo code army when you go sign up over there uh it's an awesome game as well so that'll do it for week four geeks vegas lines like and subscribe all that good stuff for john and myself Good luck this week, everybody. Let's crush it.